What's up Raider Nation? Matt Holder here from Silver and Black Pride. I'm back after my week-long hiatus, so we have two weeks worth of news to go over and some leftover questions for our mailbag segment. And as a reminder, to have your questions answered on a future show, tweet them at me, adamholder95, or email them to sbpquestions1 at gmail.com, adamholder95, or sbpquestions1 at gmail.com. Alright, let's do it! First order of business, and by far the biggest news coming out of Las Vegas over the last couple of weeks, wide receiver Hunter Renfro has signed a two-year, $32 million extension with $21 million guaranteed. That's $16 million per year for the slot machine, who is coming off a Pro Bowl season where he hauled in 103 passes for 1,038 yards and 9 touchdowns. This also means Renfro will be in Las Vegas for at least the next three seasons, and the Raiders added a couple of void years to get some cap relief in 2023 and 2024, according to OverTheCap.com. To be honest, I'm a little surprised the extension was only for two years, but I think Renfro is betting on himself a little bit after seeing some of the other monster contracts that wide receivers have been getting recently, as the market is certainly hot, and this is a pretty good deal for the Raiders as they'll rank 19th among wideouts on a dollar per year basis and come in lower than a lot of other receivers who have, get, who have signed recently like Mike Williams, Christian Kirk, and Robert Woods, among a few others. Regardless, it's awesome to see a homegrown player get his money and we get three more years of Renfro. Now, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler is reporting that the front office will shift their focus to guys like Darren Waller, who has two years left on his deal, and Denzel Perryman as Perryman enters a contract year. Speaking of signings, the Raiders reached an agreement with fourth-round picks running back Samir White and defensive tackle Neil Farrell Jr. White looks to compete for carries in the Raiders' crowded backfield this season, while Farrell is expected to compete for a starting spot as defensive tackle is one of the weaker positions on the team's defense, and either way, he projects to at least factor into the defensive line rotation, so it's good that both guys are now under contract well before training camp starts. This also means that all six of the Raiders' 2022 draft picks are signed and ready to get to, get, get to work when practice picks back up in late July. Keeping the momentum going with the signings, the Raiders also brought in Chris Jones. Not the one you're thinking of from the Chiefs, but the cornerback who was originally from Jacksonville, Florida. Jones went to Nebraska for college where he started 26 games in three seasons and had three picks, 10 BBUs, and was named as an All-Big Ten Honorable Mention selection during his junior season. Unfortunately, a knee injury cut his senior season short and he went undrafted in 2018, signing with the Detroit Lions but failing to make their 53-man roster. However, Jones did end up on the Arizona Cardinals practice squad and was called up to their active roster later that season. He ended up bouncing between the Cardinals practice squad and active roster before returning to the Lions, and that's kind of been the story of his career as he's been met with the same or similar fate with the Minnesota Vikings and Tennessee Titans as well. The four-year veteran has 48 career tackles and seven pass deflections in his career, and also has experience playing on special teams, which is likely where his biggest contribution to the silver and black can or could come from. One more newcomer for you guys, Las Vegas also signed tight end Jesper Horstead last week. Horstead is originally from Roseville, Minnesota, and is apparently a smart guy as he went to Princeton for college. He set school records as a junior wide receiver with 92 catches for 1,226 yards and 14 touchdowns and followed that up with 72 receptions for 1,047 yards and 13 TDs during his senior year, and both campaigns were good enough to earn a first-team All-Ivy League honors. Horstead also competed on the Tigers baseball team where he had an impressive career batting average of .312. After college, he switched positions to tight end and went undrafted in the 2019 class, but signed with the Chicago Bears and bounced back and forth between their active roster and practice squad. 
Raider fans might remember Horstad from last season as he caught Justin Fields' first career touchdown pass during Week 5 in Las Vegas. The former Tiger and Bear has 10 career catches for 108 yards and 3 touchdowns and looks to compete for that 3rd or 4th tight end spot on the roster. The Raiders held and wrapped up mandatory minicamp over the last week, so I figured I'd share a few updates with you guys. Starting with the attendance per Tashawn Reed of The Athletic, running backs Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake missed all three practices, while Zamir White missed two. Cornerback Trayvon Mullen also missed the entire week, as well as defensive lineman Bilal Nichols and Jonathan Hankins. And same goes for offensive lineman Denzel Good. It's important to note that all those players were at the facility, they just couldn't participate in practice, which likely means they're battling injuries and not a contract dispute or something of that nature. Most notably, that statement applies to Jacobs. During a press conference, quarterback Derek Carr was asked about head coach Josh McDaniels' system, and it seems like Carr is a big fan of his new coach. Once you see his system, you know why it was successful, the quarterback said. Josh has a great track record of success. It's exciting to be coached by him. He's demanding, but he's great to be around. Carr would also go on to talk about how surreal it is to be playing with Devontae Adams again, and how he hopes the team can keep Darren Waller around a little longer now that Renfro is locked up for a few more years. Carr also endorsed Colin Kaepernick by stating that they've been friends since they played against each other in college, and that Cap would be a great fit for the team if the decision makers decide to bring him in. The final big minicamp note that I'll share with you guys is Alex Leatherwood has continued to work at right tackle. I think that story will be a little bit more serious if the trend continues during training camp, but it does seem like Leatherwood is moving back to the outside at the moment. On the business side of the organization, former fullback Marcel Reese received a promotion as the Senior Vice President, Chief of Staff for the Silver and Black. As I'm sure you remember, Reese was one of the few bright spots from the early 2010s as he made a few Pro Bowls and was a dual-threat offensive weapon, racking up over 2,000 career receiving yards and over 850 rushing yards in his career. After hanging him up, Reese served as a senior advisor to the owner and vice president starting in 2020 and was named the chief people officer before receiving this recent promotion. With so much dysfunction on the business side of the Raiders recently, it's nice to see a familiar face and overall great person move up the company ladder. In other news that's not directly related to the field, Brent Musburger is out as the Raiders play-by-play commentator. Musburger replaced Greg Papa right before the team left for Las Vegas in 2018 and became known for his jackpot baby touchdown call. As of right now, no replacement has been named. A few more minor notes to give you guys. If anyone is planning on attending the Hall of Fame ceremony and game, you'll have an opportunity to meet and get an autograph from Richard Seymour before he gets inducted as the entire class, which includes Tony Baselli, Leroy Butler, Dick Vermeil, and Bryant Young, will hold an autograph session on Friday, August 4th at the Nash Family Event and Conference Center from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern Time. Panini, the trading card company, not the sandwich, is sponsoring the event, and you can buy tickets ahead of time online. For all of you Madden fans, the top 10 teams were leaked, and the Raiders came in at number 8 with an 86 overall rating. The other 9 teams went as follows, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 90 overall, Buffalo Bills, 88, Los Angeles Rams, also 88, Kansas City Chiefs, 87, and the same goes for the LA Chargers. The Green Bay Packers, Baltimore Ravens, and Cleveland Browns all were tied with the Raiders at 86, and the Cincinnati Bengals round out the top 10 with an 85 overall rating. I'm going to save the best for the last type of guy, and that's why I kept this next story until the very end. I'm sure everyone is aware of the terrible shooting that occurred not too long ago at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas. Well, Mark Davis and the Raiders are stepping up to the plate to help out by donating $1 million to the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District to increase security at schools. 
We are proud to be a part of something to make the children in these schools safer, Davis told the Uvalde Leader News. Two weeks ago, I had a conversation with former Raider Van McElroy. He told me about the hurt his hometown was going through. Van told me that he had a grandson attending public school. He said his family thought about having him go to a private school next year, but he wanted him to attend public school as Van and his son had done growing up in Uvalde. He said that Uvalde was in pain and needed help. I asked him, I asked him what we could do to help ease that pain. According to the Uvalde Leader News, Davis's donation will be used for implementing imp impenetrable doors and cameras inside and outside and putting up an unscalable fence. Certainly a classy move by Davis and one Raider fans can be proud of. Alright, mailbag time. As a reminder, you can tweet your questions at me, adamholder95, or email them to sppquestions1 at gmail.com. First up, who will coach the Raiders tight ends? Pretty good question right now, seeing as if you go and look at the uh, Raiders coaching staff on their website, they don't have a tight ends coach. What I will say is they do have two offensive line coaches and Carmen Brasillo as the main guy, and then Cameron Clemens as the assistant, who was actually a holdover from last year's staff and has been with the Raiders for the last three years. Last year was the assistant offensive line coach as well. I wouldn't be surprised if Clemens kind of splits his time and works with the tight ends a little bit, especially because obviously that's a hybrid position, maybe working with them on their blocking, and then maybe someone like Edgar Bennett kind of steps in and helps on the receiving end. I know that's happened. I'm, in my experience, granted at a much different level, um, I was a former tight end, and that would happen a lot, where you actually end up backing, bouncing back and forth between the offensive line and receiver drills. I wouldn't be surprised, too, if uh, Josh McDaniel's a little bit more hands-on with the tight ends. As you can remember from some of those great Patriot offenses and some of the ones that he's led, he's always been uh, pretty high on working with the tight ends, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's going to work with them a little bit. But yeah, right now, kind of up in the air. Don't know exactly who it'll be, but I wouldn't be surprised if Clemens takes on that role a little bit because that could certainly be something where he can step up in the next year or so. And then I wouldn't also be surprised if uh, Josh McDaniels, that's a position group he's a little bit more hands-on with. Second, are you worried at all about Josh Jacobs not practicing? They declined his fifth-year option, and he might want a new contract before practicing. Yeah, it's a fair question. I mean, I kind of talked about this a little bit at the top. I'm not terribly worried right now. I definitely think... He could be holding out, maybe not, or not necessarily holding out, but not wanting to practice or not wanting to participate, especially in some of the voluntary stuff, um, if he is looking for that new contract. But the thing like, that sticks out to me is that he's at least in the building. He's there, he's getting there, he's learning. So even if he's not suiting up or not practicing, I'm not terribly worried about it. I'm at least glad that he's there learning the new system. You know, Eventually, he's going to get those live reps. Eventually, we have training clamp coming up where he'll get there. The thing that does worry to me is that it is, if it isn't a contract dispute, is if he's holding or if he's not practicing, excuse me, because of an injury. As we know with Josh Jacobs, that's kind of been the biggest thing that's held him back his entire career. So I'm a little concerned from that perspective of maybe he's banged up already or is again. Again, maybe it's more precautionary at this point as, you know, any guy, I think I talked about this a couple weeks ago, any guy at this point, if they're, if they're too sore, they're going to sit out, that kind of stuff. So it's not really worried. I'm not terribly concerned about it. Again, I think where we can start to start scratching our head or start poking questions and all that stuff is if he starts missing training camp. Because if he starts missing training camp, there's something there. Either he wants a new contract or he's already banged up, which again, not a great sign for a guy that has a long injury history and even started last year on the, or not, didn't start last year injured or banged up. What am I trying to say here? Didn't start, or he started last year injured, not on the injured reserve or anything like that. There we go. Finally got it out. Great for podcasting. But yeah, if it is something where it's an injury, then I'm going to start to get a little bit concerned because kind of be or kind of have flashbacks to the beginning of last year where he wasn't quite himself and nicked up but again right now I'm not going to panic if he starts missing training camp again that's when we I think you can start to 
maybe hover your hand over that panic button. But even so, I think the Raiders have a bunch of running backs this year. You go back, you look at the Patriots' history and how Josh McDaniels has run his offense. It's never really been just one guy. So nothing I'm terribly concerned about at this point. Final question here, which comes from my guy CJ Erickson. How do I become Matt Holder? Well, first, CJ, you got to be really good looking, which might be a little bit of a struggle for you. And you have to have one hell of a voice, an impeccable voice, I might say, one that's great for podcasting, which mine isn't. But in all seriousness, I really do thank you guys for submitting these questions. I really appreciate it. Like I said, I'll answer all of them. Don't try and be me. Be you. You don't want to be me. Trust me on that one. But absolutely, be yourself and be whatever you do and keep killing it, CJ. All right, guys. That'll do it for this week's episode. As always, thank you for listening. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and download wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow Silver and Black Pride. Follow me on Twitter, at mholder95. Other than that, until next week.